this is Kirk Winston of Crowbar. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. What's up, everybody? It's JD from Black Label Society and Cycle of Pain. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello, this is Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Zach Wild from Black Label Society, and we're all doing a hang with John on Iron City Rocks. Hello once again and welcome to episode 177 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I am indeed your host, John. Episode 177 of the Iron City Rocks podcast coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Bringing you the best talk with hard rock, metal, blues, etc. on the net. Episode 177, we've got quite a few things lined up for you. We have, returning to the show, Chip Dimonic, a band out of the Pittsburgh area, kind of a horror punk uh, real fun band. Uh, we've enjoyed having them on. We did a full episode on them back, uh, I believe, it was in our second year, and we've had them on numerous times. They have a new EP out, so we're going to get to a track from that and a chat with vocalist Chip a little bit later on. We also have from the Mighty Black Label Society and also former Ozzy Osbourne guitarist Zach Wilde joining us again on the show. Zach talks about a new product out he has called the Guitar Apprentice. Uh, for all of you folks out there who are interested in learning the guitar and the ways of the master Zach Wild, So we'll get to that interview also in just a little bit. But what we're going to start with, a band uh, who had been on the show in our very first year, uh, had been a uh, band out of the Pittsburgh area, uh, had been enjoying some tremendous success in our region. Uh, we shared them with you. We had spoken to Gene the Werewolf uh, at great length when they came out around 2009. Uh, but they have just inked a deal with Frontiers Records, who is home to uh, many, many great artists, including uh, Dokken, Kicks, uh, and countless others. So Gene the Werewolf making some international news. So we caught up with vocalist Gene. Uh, but before we get into that, let's play the track from their forthcoming album to be released. This was taken from the U.S. release, Wicked Love. This is I Only Want to Rock and Roll.
ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome back down to City Rocks, the king of the Diamond Corps, Gene the Werewolf. How you doing, Gene? Hey, how's it going? It is going great. Uh, first off, I want to congratulate you, and for those who are not familiar, you guys have inked a deal with Frontiers Records for some European and Japanese distribution, so congratulations. Thank you very much. Thanks. We're really, really excited. It's uh, it's definitely caught us uh, in, in, a, in a good time period. I think we just... Uh, you know, I think the album that's going to come out over there is one, you know, some of our best work, and I think it's uh, we're all looking we're looking forward to it. So how did how did you guys get in the the radar frontiers? And for those not familiar with frontiers, they handle European deals for bands like Def Leppard and Journey and even Kiss, I believe, at one point. I'm sorry, they were with Roadrunner, but I mean, you've got some massive acts on Frontiers Records. How did you guys end up on their radar? Do you know? Uh, it's actually kind of a really funny story, you know, I'll backtrack a little bit, but, um, of course it'll make the story a little bit more interesting, but for, you know, when we put out our first album, which was Light Me Up, we, you know, we tried to get it out everywhere in the United States and, you know, we sent it, I think we sent it a couple places overseas and just had no, no luck with it. And when our second album came out, we were real excited, which is called Wicked Love, you know, sure. and, um, our second album came out and we were just kind of like, Let's do the same thing, you know, see what happens. We'll put it out in the United States. You know, just send it out to record labels. You know, you don't you do the whole fashion thing, you know, just you send it out to record labels and see if anyone bites or management contacts and sure. no one no one bit. It was just kinda of like, Oh man, you know, we were really, really happy with the way that the album came out and just you know, no one got back to us and it just seemed like all was lost. And like literally one day, I'm not even joking, we got an email from um from on the Gene the Werewolf Facebook page, and it wasn't even like it wasn't even like to an official email address. It was an email on the Gene the Werewolf page, right? And it was from Mario. Over. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was it was from Mario uh, from Frontiers Records saying, "Hey, I mean, it was it was just as simple as, hey, we really like your band. When can we send you a record contract?" And we were like, "What is going on? Is this <laughs> legit or what's going on? Yeah. This this can't this can't be real." After looking into it, we saw that you know, you know they're based out of Italy and they put albums out for like like you said like Def Leppard, Journey, Skit or Sticks yeah. and Night Ranger. Yeah. And we were just like, there has to be some sort of catch going on here because we just busted our asses trying to get signed in the United States and all of a sudden, the same label that has Def Leppard wants to sign us in Europe, and we're like, you know, so we looked into it and then we asked a few of our friends that are in the industry around here and they're like, yeah, those guys are for real, man, you know do it yeah yeah (laughs) so that's that's really how it happened it was just they emailed us you know it was kind of crazy yeah now for those not familiar you you put out the album wicked love in the united states um that came out did it come out earlier this year was it in 2011 that that album actually came out uh ironically it came out in november of 2011 and our album coming out over there is november too so okay now the album in in Europe is going to have different uh, cover art and and they put a different name on it, um, the Rock and Roll Animal. Um, yeah, is it basically the same tracks or is it some reworkings or sort of a greatest hits up up to this point? Uh, yeah, basically what it is is um, they wanted to combine the two albums we have over here in the, in the United States and make one. Yeah, for lack of better terms, like. Sure. Best of Both Worlds albums uh, yeah. you know, on one CD over there, um, you know, which is a common practice, I think, for international labels. So we were really yeah. excited about that because, you know, I think that when you put out a CD, um, there's always going to be, like, 
it's it's always going to be a given that there's going to be a few tracks that you're kind of like, oh, I wish that came out a little bit better. Yeah. And, you know, I think the tracks that they, they chose to omit off of Wicked Love and Light Me Up were the tracks that we would have kind of, like, been okay with anyway. You know what I mean? So it's kind yeah. of like... They're just combined. Yeah, that's basically we always joke around with each other. We said we sh- at first we wanted to call it Gene the Werewolf's greatest hits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we didn't want to. We didn't want to sound too stupid, or you know, we didn't sound too cheesy. Yeah, they decided yeah, to call it Rock and Roll Animal. Yeah, that would have been epic had it uh, been a huge international <laughs> success. Where you would have just looked like an ass if it had failed. First album, greatest hits album. You know. Yeah, greatest hits volume one. You got to do it that way. So you leave the door open. Yeah. Um, is Superhero on, on the new album? It is going to be on the new album, yeah. It's, okay, uh, okay. I was going to say, that was that was one I remember scanning the tracks and it, maybe I just didn't notice it. I was like, how did, they, right. how did this one not make it? Because, you know, I don't know which, <laughs> which lead-off track that one or I Only Want to Rock and Roll is more infectious. Um, <laughs> you, know, but you guys uh, have the natural ability to write earworms, which is, you know, exactly what... I think the, the music industry needs it. The fun record. Right. Um, you know, it's, you know, someone was asking me, I was trying to explain the band, uh, I almost kind of hearkened it to if Barry Gibbs sang for ACDC. You know, it's uh, a great yeah. mix of, you know, you guys have got harmonies for days, but it's really kind of gritty, balls-out rock. It's not, oh, not trying thanks, to be man. a metal band or... Um, yeah, and no, I... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say thanks. <laughs> oh, no problem. Um, have you guys talked about doing any kind of touring with the records? Uh, you know, it's crazy because, you know, over, like I said, like here in the United States, it's kind of like um, we've we've tried to, you know, put our name out there, and we're all older now, and we've done our touring in past bands, and, you know, if the opportunity would come to, you know, of course, get onto a tour and... Sure be on a tour that would open up for, you know, someone really, really good. I would not even has to be, it doesn't have to be like the most amazing band in the world, but if yeah. it was a good tour, yeah, then obviously we'd all jump at the opportunity. Um, so we're kind of hoping that the album does well enough in Europe where we could all go over there because that's something we'd all love to do. You know, we, we would yeah. seriously drop everything in a heartbeat to go over there. And, um, yeah. but as far as the United States, it's, you know, just tri-state area and every once in a while, you know, go out a little bit further, but, for the most yeah, part, we're kind of hoping that things work out in Europe, you know. And we're Japan. It's hard when you're doing it on your own nickel to try to, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, contrary to everyone's belief, I mean, when you're when you play music and you know if you're not on stage playing in front of, you know, fifty thousand people, uh, you're really not making a lot of money doing it. So, uh, you know, yeah. So we're we're kind of like, um, you know. Yeah, I totally understand. It, it's yeah, it's great. You know, so we're, we're you, yeah, it, it's you know, tough. It's, it's yeah. If you could land something with one of the other frontiers artists, that would be. You know, I mean, there's a lot of great bands on that. You know, a lot of the, the artists that are on Frontier maybe, you know, would fall into that classic rock, you know, '80s rock, classic rock kind of vibe, which you guys, you know, I think put a fresh spin on. But it isn't something. You know, you're not out there playing deathcore metal. You know, right, right. When somebody went to see, I, I'm trying to think of an example of Sticks or right. you know, somebody like that, and you guys walked on stage, people wouldn't be screaming and running for the exit. You know, there's, there's a decent enough match and you guys 
matchup stylistically with a lot of their artists, so there's you know it's a chance. Um, right. That's it's great to hear. So, um, as far as live shows, do you guys have anything in the tri-state area for you know people closer to home? You can check you guys out. Yeah. Yeah, actually, we have a show coming up on October 27th, and we're actually playing um, at Hard Rock Cafe in Pittsburgh, okay. and it's for uh, 105.90X's Halloween show, and it's yeah. kind of like an annual show. You know, you get together at the Hard Rock Cafe, everyone dresses up. They have, like, a uh, a costume contest, like who's wearing the best costume, and um, just pretty much an excuse for all these adults to... Uh, act like kids for one night and dress up in costumes and then go hear some good music. We're going to be playing with uh, a band called uh, The Bastard Bearded Irishman. Uh, oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, another band called Wine and Spirits. Um, okay. I think that's right, yeah. But, um, yeah, we're playing there. And then, actually, we're playing on New Year's Eve, which is going to be the first time we've done that in Gene the Werewolf. We're opening up for Foxy Shazam at uh, okay. Mr. Small's Funhouse. Yeah, it's a nice size venue. That would be a good, uh, yeah. good time. Yeah, that's uh, a, a place that uh, I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh kind of overlook, you know, out there in Millville. Yeah, yeah, and, it's uh, a really cool place. We we played there with Les and Jake back in, um, oh, I think, I think February this year, and it was really awesome. I mean, it was, it was, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, the Bastard Beard Irishman. They're on my uh, absolute wish list to get on the show. Uh, I was not a big... Uh, uh, sort of, of Irish rock music until uh, having uh, the Dropkick Murphys on the show recently. Uh, and then someone from the Irishman contacted me, and I was like, this is a no-brainer. This is great stuff. So, Yeah, I'm yeah. I get that on the show as well. Well, Gene, I don't want to keep you any longer. I want to, again, congratulate you uh, on the good fortune of, of uh, being able to Frontiers Records. Wish you all the success in the world on the road, and uh, uh, we'll, you know, make this work proud. Man. Oh, dude, thank you so much, man. I, uh, we're really excited. Like I said, just can't can't say enough about Frontiers guys. They've been so nice to us, and um, you know we have we have a music video that we just put out for our song "I Only Want to Rock and Roll," and um, you know Frontiers is promoting the heck out of it because uh, it got like uh, over five thousand views in just uh, a little under five days. So um, yeah, if the buzz keeps up over there when the album comes out, you know we're we're gonna stand for good treats. So. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have a promotional machine behind you too. Those guys know. What yeah, doing. yeah, absolutely. All right, Gene. Well, thank you so much, dude. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have you ever listened to an album and thought to yourself, "Man, I could do so much better than that"? Well, here's your chance. My name is Sue, and I've decided to write my next album live and online at RageAndApathy.com. So come on over, leave me a comment, and tell me what you think about the album and where you think it should go. And as a bonus for you Iron City Rockers out there, I will give you an exclusive copy of the first song as soon as I get it finished. So stop on over to RageAndApathy.com and join my madness. All right, that was Gene the Werewolf. Uh, the track you heard was I Only Want to Rock and Roll, uh, taken from, again, the U.S. release Wicked Love, uh, which is just a phenomenal record. Um, really cool uh, cover version of Michael Jackson's Thriller. Um, so if you like that song, um, I think you're really going to enjoy the entire album. It's not uh, not a metal album, I would say. It's just more of a fun, hard rock record, so a perfect fit for Frontiers Records. So I wish them uh, tremendous success uh, with the album, and uh, we hope to get them back uh, when they're international superstars on the show. 
Speaking of international superstars, we have now joining us from the band Black Label Society, the man who rose to fame, uh, I believe it was 1989, came out of nowhere, became Ozzy Osbourne's guitarist after Jakey e. Lee had left the band, uh, and has really kind of evolved uh, into an amazing musician kind of right in front of all of our eyes. Uh, we're talking about Zach Wilde, uh, who is no longer with Ozzy Osbourne, although he does do the occasional gig here or there. Uh, but Zach has devoted full time to the Black Label Society, which um, have been touring around. They've just finished a Canadian run, which we talk about in this uh, interview, and are headed to South America. So by the time you're going to be listening to this, uh, they should be hitting Mexico City and then South America. So if you're in the sound of my voice and you're in uh, places like Rio and uh, Sao Paulo, uh, the Black Label Order is coming your way. So uh, check that out. So. Without further ado, let's play a little bit of Overlord from the latest studio record, Order of the Black, and then we're going to talk to Zach Wall. Guitarist extraordinaire, Zach Wild. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing rather well, brother. How you doing, John? I cannot complain. Hey, you're uh you guys are into a run of Canadian dates. How's Canada treating you thus thus far? Well, the Canadian chapter rocks. I mean you got, you know, Frank Marino Mahogany Russia from here, Rush is from here. What's not the love? You know, so uh no, the the Navy chapter we always have a great time we're off here, man. Yeah, and, I know. You guys have done what, Montreal and uh did you do a show in Niagara Falls just Last day or so? Oh uh, yeah, we just uh, we went down. Yeah, we went down to Niagara Falls. We started in St. John's. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we we knocked out uh, Niagara Falls. Was Niagara Falls chapter was last night or the night before? So now, uh, obviously, we're in uh, Guelph right now, and we're roll with the Guelph chapter today. And uh, you know, with the family meet and greet and sound check mm-hmm. at three o'clock today. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah. That's always a good time. Then we got you know Toronto, Thunder Bay, Winnipeg, Saskatoon. Uh, Calgary, Edmonton, then we wrap up in Vancouver. Yeah, get out of there before the snow hits. Yeah, right. Uh, totally <laughs> freezing up there. It's a, it's a couple of buddies in Winnipeg, and it's a, it's a fun place to be in the middle of January. Oh, dude, it's brutal. You know? Well, you know, there's nothing, you know, you just have a, you got to stay inside, you got your old lady, you got the fireplace, and then you just, uh, and tons of Viagra, you're good to go. <laughs> That'll keep you busy for a few months. Without you, a doubt. <laughs> and then you guys are rolling down to, uh, you're going through Mexico City and then down into South America, correct? Yeah. And how how do you compare, I mean, obviously South America, especially Brazil, has got kind of a, a legendary status as far as metal audiences. Is it, is it special doing like San Paulo and, and places like that? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, they definitely love their rock bands, man, that's for sure. I mean, you know. In between the verses, they're singing the riffs, you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing. I mean, they they love it, 
You know yeah. what I mean? I, I mean, they really love their band down there. I mean, which is way cool. Yeah, they're very, very passionate. And and speaking of the passionate fans, I one thing I noticed you guys have been doing on the Black Label uh, Facebook page uh, is really encouraging fans to send in tattoos. And, and there's people with motorcycles with your, your your guitar paint and things like that. Does it ever you ever kind of sit back and get kind of mind blown about how many people you know will take the time to tattoo BLS stuff on their on themselves? Well, I always said, I mean, like, it's it's bigger than a band. It's a mindset and it's a lifestyle. So, I mean, you know, I mean, all strength, determination, merciless forever, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I mean, that that's the whole thing. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, face your fear, accept your war, destroy and conquer. You know, I, I mean, that's, life is just one gigantic mountain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, for Black Label, it's like Black Label Special Ops. I, you know, adversity is actually what you thrive on. Like, you know, the, like the Predators and... Aliens and Predators. That's what Black Label is. It, it might as well just be the Predators, you know what I mean? Yeah. Actually created the alien just so they have something to beat the shit out of, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, adversity. So, yeah, there's no woe me and feel sorry for yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Gen- General Patton's a huge fan favorite in Black <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's Absolutely. just, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, I mean, that's what I said. It's more of a mindset, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's great to see. I, I noticed, that, you know, even more recently, People have been sending in some photos of some kids dressed up like you and stuff, and that's got to be a real treat for you as a father. You know, no, the best is that I, I'm actually so hideous. I'm, I'm actually a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've become. <laughs> oh, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, so I actually do look that silly. Yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> you've become a Halloween costume, hot, hot costume. Yeah, I better go a Halloween costume. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to the food store to get, you know, buy some protein bars. I, I'm in my, you know. When I wake up and put my jeans and T-shirt on, I'm gonna I'm gonna Halloween costume. Yeah, <laughs> gotta be gotta be fun. Uh, the Guitar Apprentice, um, you were releasing a product, and I'm not sure the exact release date. I did seen conflicting dates on the exact release, but we'll clarify that. No, well, I mean they released it uh, this month. Uh, you know, just at guitar centers everywhere, mm-hmm. and then obviously uh, everywhere. Uh, you know, November. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about what what exactly the product is for someone who hasn't seen the videos and the comedy that you guys have done on your site with it? Well, no. I mean, the the guitar apprentice, the gang at guitar apprentice, approached me about doing. They've they've released the videos before, but they haven't done it with any guitar players. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Their bands or whatever. You know. So, uh, you know, um, they were exactly what you mind doing. I said, yeah, no problem. I mean, you know, I've done instructional videos before, but I mean, you know, the way they have it, it's set up. Uh, you know, with with it's not a video game. It's actually set up so you can actually, it shows you step by step where you, where you can, I mean, you know, learning how to play all the stuff. Like, you know, I take you through the songs. But then I also explain, like, the breakdown of the scales that I'm using and how it all puts together. You know, yeah. it's like me showing you how a transmission works. And, you, you know, like, this is the reason why this part connects to this part and this part connects to that part. You know, so you go, oh, I get it. Yeah. You know, and then not only that, I would just tell everybody, I go, you know, with learning your scales and learning stuff like that, you know, and understanding how it works. It's just speaking the language. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. Because you know, when you speak, you're not, you just talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you don't, you don't have to stop and then, uh, you know, put the words together. I mean, because you know yeah. the language, so you just speak and, you know, if you're going to ask somebody for direction somewhere, you just ask them. You know what I mean? You don't sit there and think about what, how to formulate a sentence. You just, you just speak because speak. it becomes second nature. So, it's the same thing when you're improvising on the guitar or you're writing or whatever. You know, I mean, everything, you know, it, it's not a mystery anymore. 
Yeah, I think you, you actually said something there that's really important is, is you're teaching them how the scales apply to the songs, whereas, you know, many of these books, you know, I could go into a store and get, you know, the Shot to Hell guitar tab book, and, and you know, Assuming I can learn it note for note, it doesn't tell me why you chose the scale, how to know what scale. It doesn't even tell me what scale. I mean, at the end of the day, you might be able to play the song, you know, very close to how you play it, but it doesn't teach, develop a player, you know, yeah, as far because, as. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing is exactly. I mean, you know, I could show you how to play Eruption, mm-hmm. but then when I show you how, you know, what scales Eddie's using, yeah, then you're like, oh, all right, well, now it makes sense. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not. I, I agree with you. you. know, it's like I know how to play it, but I really don't know how any of this is, works. Yeah. I really don't know. I, I just know where these, and if I don't play these notes, then I can't play it. Sounds you know like crap. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a big bridge. I know it is, a, you know, in my formative years on the guitar, that was a very big bridge to go from mimicking someone by just being able to play the lead. You know, you learn the Adrian Vandenberg from Whitesnake or whatever, but to have some clue of why so that, you know, you can make your own music. And that, that's a big step. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Now, those are going to be available. Um, those are a series of DVDs. Is that correct? Yeah, well, it's actually, <clears throat> this is the first one. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, obviously, there's, uh, you know, there's definitely room for me to do a series of them, obviously, mm-hmm. and then do more, because we just did three songs off of Order of the Black. Okay. That have, a, you know, between the solos and everything like that. So, uh, we, you know, chose like Crazy Horse, Overlord, and Parade of the Dead. Okay. So, <clears throat> you know, off the new album. So, is uh, but I mean I could go back and do, you know, for the guitar practice everything from Miracle Man up till mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could do a whole um, a whole roots series of stuff. I mean, you've got yeah. To... I mean, there's another you know, there's like basically 25 years plus of stuff that I could that we could do. Yeah, well, you have to go back and probably relearn some of that stuff at this point. But that's that's awesome. Yeah, it'll take two seconds just to listen to it and just go okay. Yeah. I remember it. <laughs> Now, um, are you you doing any uh, future rock and roll fantasy camps? I know you had, you had participated in those kind of here and there, but I, I don't know how you find time in your schedule. Well, I mean, this is my second one I've done. I mean, it's a, you know, uh, the producer, when Don always asked me to do them, if I could do them, yeah, I'd knock them out. I mean, it's always a good time because everybody from the camp is people I've known throughout the years. Sure. You know, Rudy Sarzo and all the guys and everybody that's down there I'm, I'm friends with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, whether it's Kip Winger, Rod Morgenstein, uh you know, Rudy Sarzo, I mean, all the guys that are down there, I'm, I've known the guys since I pretty much first started with the boss mm-hmm. back in 87. So, sure. uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's always good seeing them. And then everybody that's in that camp, or all the campers, are like, they're all real sweet people, man. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's the same thing like if you had a hockey camp or whatever, hockey fantasy, and, you know, Wayne Gretzky's there, Ovechkin's there, and then you got, you know, Mark Messier. You got all these, like, guys that are down there, and, and you're a fan of the sport, so you're a fan of the bands. Like, you know, back when I was 15, if I could have met Randy Rose at one of these things, I would have been mowing yeah. as many lawns as I could to go to meet him, you know what I mean? Amen to that. Yeah, amen to that. Um, do you guys have uh, kind of plans formulated yet for how you're going to follow up The Song Remains Not the Same as far as, you know, studio recordings and things like that, or is that still well, kind of TBD? No, no, what we're planning on doing in January, I think January 16th, we're planning on doing uh, this Unblackened DVD. Okay. And it's going to be, uh, you know, I mean, that's what we're looking forward to right now. So it's, um, you know, I mean, we're going to have strings. We're going to have, uh, Derek Sherinian's going to be playing, like, uh, Mellotron, keyboards, Fender mm-hmm. Rhodes, uh, you know, to break out the whole arsenal of 
keyboards over there. And we're going to have, like, you know, between me and Nick and my buddy Andy playing, you know, mandolin, acoustic, me playing, doing electric solos over it with the string section, drums, the whole nine yards. So it's going to be, uh, and, you know, either have some some guests or some of our friends on because we'll be doing it right around the NAMM show. So, sure. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We're going to make a DVD and a record out of it. Awesome. Awesome. And then are you planning, uh, are you guys planning a tour on that or just doing, a, you know, kind of a normal tour in, in 2013? Possibly in the U.S. Um, well, I mean, in 2013, it's either that or we, you know, after this is released, then maybe just uh, either go in and start making the next the heavy record, you know, sure. and, you know, like the, the studio album. Yeah. Any, any chance you'd consider taking the acoustic stuff on the road, maybe doing some, you know, I know you guys used to do some radio shows and stuff like that with just you and Nick. Yeah, I mean, well, right now when we do the sound checks, we do a batch of uh, the mellow stuff, and then, you know, we knock out uh, a few heavy things, and then... uh you know, that's just for the sound check, you know, party, mm-hmm. so we're all hanging. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely doable. Yeah. For sure. Should you see. And I guess I'd be remiss not to ask. Uh, obviously, there's been a zillion, uh, you know, remarks flying around about Pantera and, and the possibility of that. Has there been any serious movement on any of the parties that, between Vinny and, and uh, Phil? Yeah, I mean, that would be, that'd be between Vinny and Phil. You know, I mean, it'd be like Guns N' Roses. You'd have to have Slash and Axel would have to have a powwow and and talk you yeah. know what i mean so i mean it's between it's between vinnie and phil and you know i mean uh you know they, they'd have to talk and i mean whether or not the pantera reunion ever happens i mean you know just as long as i mean if the guys become friends again you know what i mean yeah that would be so uh, you know i mean that's 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 the least that could come out of it. You know, I mean, it's just like the guys can be buddies again, like they were in the beginning of the band. So, yeah. you know, I mean, but then, you know, I've, I've never been in a band where I was just like, you know, bro, do me a favor. Just don't even put me in a room with Joe because if I see him, I'm going to slit his throat. You know, I, I've never yeah. been, I've never been in a band like that. So, you know, because with, with the bands I've always been in, we always hung out and we always went drinking together and everybody had a good time and it was always, us laughing our balls off, whether we're yeah. going to watch Monday Night Football, go see the fight, whatever, you know, we all rolled together. And whoever didn't want to come out, just, like, laid low. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, Joe, if you want, we'll be at the pit bar, we'll give you a call. We'll let you know yeah. where it's at if you, if you decide you want to get out of the room. Yeah. All right, cool, man, give me a call. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but uh, I mean, that's about it. I mean, from when I was 15 years old to Ozzy, you, you know, I mean, we all hung out. Yeah. So I, you know... I wouldn't know, you know what I mean? The only thing is, you know, I mean, if any of Phil said, dude, I, I never want to talk to that guy again or whatever, I would go, I, dude, that's the way you feel, that's the way you feel, man. I'm not yeah. going to, you know, yeah. I'm not going to force you to like vegetables, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I mean, it's between the guys, but I mean, of course, I, I get along with all the guys, and, I, you know, my, my whole thing is, uh, if they ever did what they were like, Zach, we're going to do this or whatever, would you, mm-hmm. you know, would you, you know, in honor of dime, would you, you know, Pay tribute to Diamond, but I mean, you know, dude, I was a Paul Bearer for him, so yeah, yeah, of course I would. He's my brother. Yeah, I love Diamond, so yeah, yeah of course see. I would do that. Yeah, well, I'm sure Vin, uh, Vinny and Phil probably have the idea of, of how lucrative something like that could be, you know. So sometimes that that helps, but you know, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, but I mean, Time uh, will tell. The, you know, but look at the Guns N' Roses thing or the Led Zeppelin thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, 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 Robert Plant couldn't care less. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I guess he doesn't like, need to care so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just saying because you know I know you know Vinny's got hell yeah and 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 Phil's out there doing a the down thing and he has a record company and he has a million other things going on. You yeah, know he's, I mean? he's a busy, busy man. So I guess time will tell. Well, Zach, I don't want to keep any longer. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show today, man. 
Hi, brother. Well, thanks for having me, man. So uh, stay strong, bleed black, and God bless, and I'll talk to you in a bit, my brother. Okay. Take care, Zach. Hi, right, man. Take it easy, Jeff. They're coming. The dunks. The dribbling. The four-point shot. The world-famous Harlem Globe Charters are coming to Pittsburgh. Playing the Consol Energy Center on Sunday, December 26th at 7 p.m. Give your kids the gift they won't ever forget. Tickets are available at Dick's Sporting Goods box office at Consol Energy Center, Ticketmaster.com, and all Ticketmaster outlets, or charge by phone at 800-745-3000. The Harlem Globe Charters at the Consol Energy Center, Wednesday, December 26th at 7 p.m. All right, always a fun guy to talk to, Zach Wilde from Black Label Society. Again, the Guitar Apprentice uh, that he spoke of is available at Guitar Center. Uh, visit our friend's Guitar Center of Pittsburgh, which is in Robinson Township. They'll hook you up with the six-DVD set, uh, which teaches you the three songs. Also has a tour of the Black Vatican, which is his um, on-site recording studio at his home in California. And a lot of other really cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Or you can get it available elsewhere now. It was available only in the month of October at Guitar Center, but it is available in other locations now. So check that out. You can go to guitarapprentice.com to get more information on that. And again, if you're listening in South America, and I know we have great fans down there in South America, the Black Label uh, is headed your direction. So look for them on tour in the month of November. And now we are going to get to a band that has been a, a favorite of mine, admittedly, over the course of this podcast, uh, the three plus years we've been doing this, Chip Dimonic, a band out of the Pittsburgh region, uh, met up with them a couple years ago and uh, really enjoyed their last uh, full length release, Sick Definition of Fun. They have now released a new EP, which will be available at the CD release party at the Hard Rock Cafe on the 17th of November. Uh, the EP is called The Sign of a New Generation. The first single is called Pump. We're going to play that song for you now, and then we're going to talk to vocalist Chip Dimonic. Little better, but Billy's got you beat. 
all your white Stand your fists in the air and pump them all night Whether you're young, you're old, you're black or you're white Stand your fists in the air and pump them all night Yeah! Great pleasure to welcome back to Iron City Rocks. We have Chip Dimonic on the line. How are you doing, Chip? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Fantastic, man. Uh, hey, holding my hand, the long-awaited, uh, would you call it an EP? Uh, yes. The Sign of a New Generation. Um, the first uh, album you guys have done with Anthony on guitar, um, who I did get a chance to see perform with you guys live, and it added a really cool dynamic to the band. So let me start with that. What, you know, from Sick Definition of Fun until the time Anthony joined the band. What was the thought process, and, and why did you guys decide to add another guitarist? Well, it was just kind of, we were, we reached a point in our career, if you will. We've done, we had done three albums, um, all of which we were very happy with, and we wanted to take things up a notch. We wanted to take the, a next step. So it just felt like a natural evolution to, you know, improve the sound, fill out the sound, uh, and and give me a looser leash as a frontman to add a uh, add a guitar player. So uh, you know we conducted some auditions and Tony was the man. Now when when you were looking at Tony is um yeah I have to I have to assume at some point he he was a a big Shredder fan just watching him duel with George Lynch last <laughs> summer. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the style? Did you guys have in your mind let's go get a gunslinger? Or was it you? You were just looking for a kind of a chemistry factor, or, or what was the what were your selection criteria? Well, it's really kind of a combination of those two things. I mean, the number one thing was chemistry. Um, at that point, we had we had been together five years, which in terms of local bands, going five years with, without a lineup change is kind of kind of amazing and really a testament to the chemistry that we had, not just as musicians, but as people, as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so most importantly, we wanted someone that could be our friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, we absolutely wanted to have someone that, 
you know, that have some chops. You know, myself, uh, I was handling all of the guitar duties, and, you know, if if I was to audition for another band, I could certainly get a rhythm guitar slot, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I may not... I may not cut it as lead guitar player. Okay. So we definitely saw the opportunity to, uh, to you know, to, to upgrade our musical proficiency and our options for a sound with someone that, you know, had some technical ability and uh, knew how to use it in the context of a song. Yeah, and that's important because the, the one thing I, I was very curious when I listened to this new material was, is he going to overplay? And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he did that at all. Uh, you know, I think you, you guys kept him sonically where you want to, you want to hear him. He didn't, you know, turn you guys into, you know, you know, I'm sure Dawkins, for example. You know, he, he didn't throw in those kind of stuff. I didn't listen to this version and go, wow, these guys have totally changed their sound. But there are hints of his influence in the album, which is mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, so it was good to hear. Plus, as you said, it gives you the ability to to use, you know, what it is that you do, which is you know, kind of the stage charisma and things like that that you can't do when you're trying to hold down, you know, a three part band. And right. you know, unless you're Getty Lee, <laughs> but I don't think Getty has. And quite, I'm not. <laughs> that, hey, that, that's not a knock on any. Now you guys, you guys um, recorded this at Carmen's um, studio. Is this a Pro Tools? Approach yes. to this? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He has a uh, a home home uh, studio with a with a Pro Tools setup. Okay. Was this the first at his, or did was the last time done in like more of a you know go to a studio kind of place, or was this? It, yeah, exactly. The you know the first three albums were recorded at uh, at studios, but over the years, you know, Carmen has had his uh, his Pro Tool rig for quite some time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, it took him a while to get up to, to speed to be able to get his mic placements right and, you know, know how to navigate around, but, um, it, you know, over the years, he had just developed his abilities, and mm-hmm. uh, with this time, it was, he was ready to roll with it. Okay. So we got to give some uh, props to Carmen for engineering the album as well. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, he 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 worked hard on it and uh, he really stepped up to the plate and and really learned a lot. You know, there was there's a difference between tinkering and being you know putting together a serious recording that you mm-hmm. can uh, that you can be proud of. And uh, you know, he put in the time and the effort to to learn how to do it right. So uh, definitely props to him. Now. Let me ask this question. It's always interesting, um, you know, from the perspective of a band that's doing this on your own, on your own dime. Um, when you prepared to go in and record Sick Definition of Fun and you knew you were going to be in a studio with the clock rolling, mm-hmm. uh, and more importantly, the, the dollar signs rolling versus Carmen's where I'm assuming Carmen was a little more relaxed and you guys were able to, to it on. Did that change the approach and the preparation and the, and even the writing, I would say? To the record, not so much the writing, um, but it definitely made us more relaxed. You know, it, it's it's you know kind of weird, but if you know if you have something unexpected like like the computer crash or 
you you know you you try to do experiment with um, an effect or something and it doesn't work out in the studio that just builds builds a lot of anxiety because you're yeah. like okay you know I just spent fifty four dollars and sixty you know and sixty three <laughs> cents to do something that didn't work whereas you know in in a home studio when you, when you don't have to worry about you know swiping your credit card at the end of the night um, there wasn't that anxiety and it you know it did it it felt like it went easier and faster you know in the studio you in a studio that you pay for you obviously know how much time it took you to record something because you know so you're, you're the doing invoice. the multiplication by the hourly rate and you gotta you gotta pay for that but you know with this album i don't even know how many hours we put into recording it because it just felt it just felt so natural and easy and and stress free, so it really worked out well. Yeah. Now, did it? I mean, did you guys kind of take advantage of you know not to give away all your trade secrets, but I mean, were you able to take more um, advantage of things like overdubs and and you know do a solo a couple times and see what felt good uh, because of that relaxation? Yeah, I would say so. Not so much with. Um, with all of us, but uh, definitely with with Tony on guitar, mm-hmm. um, you know, as you you mentioned seeing him play uh, last summer. You know, he he is your typical um, serious guitar player, where he you know he likes to experiment with effects, and mm-hmm. he's he's a perfectionist. So yeah, you know, he did some solos multiple times, and and variations of riffs and things multiple times where. If we were in a studio, we would have been like, no, That's you, it, yeah. you, you just we just can't afford to have you do a solo four times. Do it once if it's you know if it sounds good to the rest of us, we're not going to worry about if you got pick noise on this string at you know at forty three seconds into your solo or whatever. So yeah, you know from from that perspective. Um, you know, we talked about Tony joining the band and his capabilities. We talked about re- recording. Um, in our in our own home studio, those things converged to really work out well mm-hmm. uh, because Tony did have the freedom to experiment with tones and redo solos and, and and things that we would not have been able to do if we were we were paying for that time. Yeah, yeah. And then you had um, once you had the album recorded, um, you then took it uh, and had Mike Ofka do the the mixing, correct? That's correct. Okay, Mike uh, from Gene the Werewolf, correct? Yes. Okay. Make sure I was connecting all the dots. Um, so he took that, and he has a studio in Ohio, correct, that he works out of? Yep, right across the border in Steubenville. Now, do you guys sit down with him through those mixes and, and, and kind of give it to him? Or you, when you're turning it over to someone to do the mixing and, and ultimately the mastering, do you just kind of wait for the, the finished product, or, or is that a, a process you guys are kind of in, intimately involved in? Mm-hmm. Well, what was cool and what we liked about Mike Ofka is that we heard a variety of bands that he had recorded and mixed, and all of them sounded great. You know, it wasn't like he had to pick and choose through his portfolio to sound find something that sounded good. Everything that he's touched that we've heard sounded good. So what we did is we just said, Mike, here's here's our audio files. We want you to mix it the way you hear it. Mm-hmm. And then he did. And then um, we went in 
for a three-hour session where we just made tweaks, and okay. the tweaks were very minor, like you know, bring bring down the background vocals here, or fade this part out sooner, or things like that. Very very minor things. So, you know, he he definitely brought a lot of value to the table, and and just having a great ear for music and and knowing how to make um, a mix sound professional that we didn't need to to sit with them and. and you know, say, no, you need to bring this up. No, you need to bring this down. No, the bass needs to sound like this. It was just kind of like, turn it over, and and he mixed it, you know, almost flawlessly. Yeah, and it's probably, you know, with with Carmen having the equipment, it's probably better to turn it over to a neutral, in this case, fifth party, <laughs> so that, you know, this doesn't sound like bombastic drums with no bass or you know it's i always kind of advise people to kind of step out of that you know Mm -hmm. and let somebody hear it who isn't you know the guitarist who wants to obviously hear the guitars way up front (laughs) oh yeah you got that right you know everyone would be would be fighting for their instrument to sound the loudest so if you have a a neutral party involved Mm -hmm. especially someone you know like mike that has a lot of expertise, a really great ear for music. Mm-hmm. Then you know he can he can do it right. And when it came back to us, it was like, wow, that sounds really good. Yeah, somebody who understands EQ and and you know where things should be in the mix, mm-hmm. so that you actually still do hear all four instruments, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Now you guys are, are releasing this album um, later on this month. You want to talk about the the release party a little bit? Sure. Um, we have a CD release party coming up on November 17th at the Hard Rock Cafe in Pittsburgh. Okay. And, uh, you know, we, we really want to uh, to go all out for this. It's been three years, over oh, three years, since our last uh, CD release party. Our CD release parties are always fun. You know, we always have special things, people joining us on stage props big shows we're real excited about the the acts we we ask to be our special guest on the on the show after the fall and through these walls you know a lot of bands um they want to get uh special guests that you know may not be quite as good or whatever so so they sound really good we said you know what we want to make this a big time pittsburgh rock and roll almost festival so we went and we got you know a couple of who we think are uh the the top-notch bands Mm -hmm. in western pennsylvania to play the show and just make it big yeah you didn't go out and get you know five guys who practice in their mom's garage you you went Mm -hmm. and got you know you like you said the heavyweights Mm -hmm. uh, which is great i mean you're giving people value for the money that show um hard rock that's a 10 p.m Start there still? NPM start. Yep. Okay. So you guys will be going into the wee hours of the 18th on that one. <laughs> um, and then the CD will be available at at the event, or, or when, when is the actual product available to consumers? Well, well, the, the CD will be available for the first time at the CD release party, and then it comes out on iTunes, uh, CD Baby, Amazon, and all, all the, the typical uh, digital music services. Uh, uh, retail places, mm-hmm. um, including um, streaming services like Spotify, on the following Tuesday, uh, okay. which is the 20th, I believe. Okay. But uh, first opportunity to get it is actually at the uh, CD release party. Okay, great. All right. And, and the tickets for that show, um, are they uh, Ticketfly for this um, or hit you up? 
Yeah, basically from from the bands, advanced tickets are just $5, and anyone who buys an advanced ticket also gets a $2 off coupon towards the purchase of our CD that night. So, you know, we, we know that uh, you, you have to pay for parking down at, uh, at Station Square unless you can get a, a good spot far away and, and walk. <laughs> so, you know, we, we don't want to have any barriers to, to making this a big-time, well-attended party. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're keeping it uh, we're keeping it affordable, and we're definitely looking forward to uh, to seeing a big crowd there. Yeah, you said about parking. I can just imagine some jagoff trying to scale down that hill. <laughs> Park up on Mount Washington and go down the hill. It's about yeah, got to save the three dollars or whatever it is. It's about that time of year, somebody gets stuck on that hill, <laughs> which will be great. Okay, so um, you want to give people a way to get in touch with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, probably the way we interact most with uh, with our fans out there is through our Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash chipdemonicrocks. That's C-H-I-P-D-I-M-O-N-I-C-K. Uh, again, chipdemonicrocks. And uh, also our website, which has some... Uh, some of our our, so, our older songs available for streaming. Um, that's uh, simply chipdemonic.com. Okay, simple enough. All right, Chip, well, I wish you guys the best of luck. Uh, we'll be looking for the album on the 20th. And uh, if, for those who can't make it into attendance on the 17th, but uh, hopefully a lot of people get out there and support the support the folks uh, through these walls after the fall in Chip Demonic on the 17th, man. Well, thank you for joining us. All right, thank you so much, John. Heart of Giant, thanks to Chip Diamonic for joining us on the show and talking about the new EP and sign of a new generation. Again, they've got a show at the Hard Rock Cafe in Pittsburgh on the 17th, so you want to be sure to check that out. Get yourself a copy of the CD. Uh, certainly worth the uh, cash for that. And I also want to thank, again, Zach Wild from Black Label Society and Gene the Werewolf of Gene the Werewolf. We're coming on the show. Um, a lot of exciting stuff going on uh, with Iron City Rocks. You can check us out at facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks, twitter.com forward slash Iron City Rocks. If you're old school like me, ironcityrocks.com, and it'll get you to all of those places. Check out, uh, we have some merch available on the website. Um, and we also have some contests we're doing. So if you want to be eligible to win those, make sure you keep an eye on Facebook and Twitter for contests. We have a mobile app available in the Apple iTunes App Store. Uh, you search for Iron City Rocks. You can also search for Cast Iron Ring. Iron City Rocks is part of Cast Iron Ring, which is at castironring.com. It's kind of a union, a brotherhood, if you will, of uh, hard rock, metal, and music-related podcasts. So check out castironring.com. Some really, really cool stuff going on with the other sites. Uh, we'll be doing a special joint episode coming up very, very soon. Uh, so keep an eye on that, and I'm sure we'll be pummeling you with information on that when it is available. You can reach us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. We appreciate your suggestions, feedback, criticism, complaints, or anything you'd like to get off your chest. Uh, we would deeply appreciate it if you took a moment in the iTunes store to rate Iron City Rocks. Uh, that helps us uh, reach a bigger audience, which helps us get cooler guests. So we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen, and we will catch you next time.